Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. I'm back in Fairfax, Virginia at Paul VI High School for the second year of our Coach's Corner podcast as I'm joined by the great Glenn Forello. Welcome again. I appreciate you having me, and I'm excited to have you back. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. We're in actually in your office in the Aux Gym, so if you hear the balls bouncing, it's just the girls' team going to work. Nothing we can do about that. It's all part of the game, and just once again, thank you for coming on here. A lot has happened in the past year since I had you on, and just I thought it was really interesting when I was thinking back, listening back to our podcast from last year, and then going back through all the events that actually happened, and a lot of common theme in coaching and life, business, everything is we preach culture. Culture gets preached a lot. You said it a lot on the podcast last year, and it's a common word, a catchword in 2019, it seems, but it's hard to define. There's not much substance to back it up sometimes, but you preached to me, I don't know if you remember, that everyone buys into our team, therefore we have this next man up that, God forbid anything happens, and we'll get into that a little later, these guys stepped in, and I just want to let you know that not many people can put it out there and then have the substance to back it up. And I thought you'd be happy to hear that. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm real proud of our, our group. Uh, nothing uh, they do surprises me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do buy into each other. Uh, they fight for each other. And uh, and that's all we ask. If you're going to become a PVI Panther, that uh, you're part of something bigger than yourself and, and uh, be respectful of that. And, and it's worked out for us. Yeah. So just a quick background to the listeners that didn't listen to our other one or maybe are not local in the area. So you coach at Paul Six High School in the WCAC. My opinion, the best basketball conference in the war- in the country. My opinion, too. I, I think most in this area would agree. So give a, a quick background about yourself, how long you've been here, just kind of main, some of your main accomplishments since you've been here. And just I know I know how serious the level of basketball is here. Some people, some of my followers in this area do, but I just want to, before we start the pod, right, get it right out of the way, just establish that high level of basketball. As we've always said, this is closer to college than it is to high school, so give it some substance to, I don't know how you want to say it. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but I'm going to give you the floor for a minute or two. Sure. So this is my 13th year here at Paul the Six. Uh, fortunate to be here at a wonderful school, one of the top 50 Catholic high schools in, in the country. And we've been proud to kind of build a, uh, a program. And I think uh, kind of um, uh, exemplifies all the all the characteristics that the school uh, mm-hmm. puts forth. Uh, I was uh, nine years before that at, uh, at Eleanor Roosevelt. I uh, had some had some great teams and great players from there. Delonte West, Eddie Baz, and Delonte Holland, Alpha Bangor. The list goes on and on of kids that uh, kind of really uh, made their mark in the, in the game of basketball. Here locally and then on the national scene uh, so we're really proud uh, to be able to come bring that brand of basketball uh, that we established at Roosevelt uh, with kids like Ray Brewer, uh, uh, Brandon McDonald, Brendan Strong, kids that uh, have actually now have moved on, some of them onto the college level to be coaches. So I'm really proud to see our tree kind of keep growing in that way too. Uh, so when we came down here to PVI, uh, some of the accomplishments that uh, that I'm really proud of for us is we've had four state championships, two WCAC championships, uh, an Alhambra championship. Uh, we've been undefeated in regular season twice now, mm-hmm. uh, 18 and 0 and 20 uh, 20 and 0. Uh, the accomplishments, I think, is fantastic what we've been able to do. Uh, and in, uh, in the last three years, uh, this current group that we've had uh, have, has gone 51-5 and five in, in the regular season um, in, in conference play, which uh, I agree with you with all due respect to all the other uh, wonderful basketball uh, conferences in the country that uh, you know, from top to bottom are the most competitive, I think, in, in the country. And, and we're very proud to be part of that, and uh, we're excited about this year's group as well. Yeah, I mean, and before we dive into this year's group, something you said called my last year when we were talking, you said the biggest, one of the biggest fulfillments, I can't remember if you said it was the biggest, is 
having a kid come into your program and then sending him off to the next level, knowing that he was prepared and seeing his dream of whether it's division one, division three, whatever level he was able to get to, you know, you placed him correctly and he's able to get a four year education and continue his basketball career at the next level. But you mentioned two names, Ray Brewer and coach Brandon Strawn, who are now coaches, yeah. Ray Brewer team takeover and coach Brandon Strawn now at the collegiate level. What does that mean for you that you kind of gave coaching this, positive sense of it because I know a lot of players I mean some of them maybe your high IQ point guards or maybe the type that grow up to think that they can be coaches but a lot of players they never see that in their path what does that mean to you that you kind of set this high bar and kind of positive things around in coaching that then made them want to pursue it later on yeah it's, it's all about giving back I think our sport is 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 amazing at understanding that all of us want to give back to our sport and we respect it we we've all been helped by those that come came before us and so for for the amount of uh, uh, players and coaches that, that have come through and been with me um, I'm really I'm really happy to see them make an impact on other li- others lives uh, whether it be at the high school or collegiate level and and those are two great examples and and, uh, and there's so many more and it, it's, it's really it is really gratifying to see uh, them um, become adults and and give back to the sport that we all love and, and be able to make an impact on and off the court for, for all these players that are that are coming through the system right now, whether it be our guys here um, or just in general. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a PVI Panther for them, yeah. for them to be able to make an impact and, and give back, and, and they all do it in their own way uh, and, their, and, their, and their own personalities and, and their own paths. And so I'm happy to be part of their journey as, as they've established themselves and um, and it's, it's, it's always really exciting to see that. And as you mentioned, too, uh, helping our guys get to the next level and, and fulfill their college dreams uh, if as a player, but also for any coach that comes and works with me uh, to help them move on. Uh, we had Calvin Baker move on to oh. UMES this past year. Xavier Joyner move on to the Mount, uh, Mount, uh, the Mount uh, two years ago. Um, so it's, 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 it's a lot of fun to, to see um, we are able to help uh, uh, players and coaches uh, kind of get to that next level and, and uh, help them on their, on their path. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I can't speak for you, but it seems to be one of the most fulfilling parts of your job. No question. The question is the, the wins and losses, uh, they're all part of it, and it's all part of your, your journey. Uh, but those things fade away, and, and the connections that you make and the, the impact that you make uh, is much more meaningful. And, and again, uh, to see the values that, uh, that the players that uh, come out of this program as well as the coaches have, uh, it's, it's an honor to be part of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so... Going back to our conversation last year again, I came in about early November, I think. I'd already seen the open gym, and we talked about this year's team, and you're graduating a huge piece in Brandon Slater, just not only basketball-wise, but culture-wise and leadership-wise, and we were talking about who was going to take over that role, and you thought you were going to have a team with Jeremy Roach, Anthony Harris, Trevor Keels taking a big sophomore jump, and... We knew Doug McDaniel had a bright future. He was a ton of fun. We talked about him extensively. People with that IQ don't come around very often, but we kind of knew he was going to be a spark plug. That's what we thought he was going to be. And horrifically, injuries are part of the game. First five-star point guard, Duke commit, Jeremy Roach, he tears his ACL. And, yeah, horrible, horrible blow to the program, and you feel horrible for the kid. He's an awesome player, awesome player in person on and off the court. But maybe as a coach, you're still thinking, okay, at least I still have Ant to hold it down. Like he can, we, we, he's shown at times he can be our primary ball handler. He's been in the big moments before, and then he goes down with a horrific injury. I mean, another ACL tear. Talk about what was your next move as a coach because you looked around and you still have all this talent, but people that really hadn't been there before and the two guys you were probably relying on to hold it down in the locker room, on the court, when you're down 10, those are the guys that 
everyone else is looking towards. What's your next move as a coach? Okay, where where do we go next? Where do we go from here? So I think one of the things that we talked about as a program is no one comes in here to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, again, I, I said it earlier about being part of something bigger than yourself. So as I mentioned to the kids, none of you guys came here to be support players for Jamie Roach or Anthony Harris, and, and they love you and they want to see you succeed. So now it's your turn to, to step up, and we need to get you know get the job done. We're still PVI basketball. Um, and so kids like Josiah Freeman and Trevor Keels, yeah. and you mentioned uh, Doug McDaniel came in as a freshman. Uh, they weren't afraid of the big moment. Uh, they understood that that's part of the reason they came to politics to be in those moments and josh oduro i thought stepped up as a senior um and so a lot of those kids kind of rallied around their teammates uh you know some play some programs and some players uh would probably be happy that uh, they have more minutes and more shots uh when players uh, such as their caliber of of jeremy and anthony go down our kids aren't wired that way they they were truly hurt and so i think the next man up comment and, and kind of philosophy we didn't use because it, it, it almost diminishes uh the human side of it all and and looks at it more transactional for for jeremy and anthony to be down and all of a sudden they're to the side uh instead they were very much a part of our heart and soul of letting it last year and and uh and i appreciated that and i and i think what we all hurt for was not maybe always translating into uh the performance on the court is we just hurt for those two because they they are about the right things they did care about their team uh they put winning above everything else and we wanted to see them have that opportunity to to participate and and uh, for anthony to have his senior year you know, for those two to play together, who, you know, considered by some to be the best backcourt in the country. So it was devastating on a lot of levels, uh, but mostly on the human level. And I think the kids did a great job of rallying around their teammates. Um, and uh, every time um, we went into a situation where we were going to have to learn from it and, and kind of battle as, as, as a young team in some, some parts of, of it, those two really did a great job of kind of holding guys together and and uh, holding them accountable and 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 helping the young guys through uh, the things the wars that they've been through uh, within the league and uh, on the national uh, scene. So I was really just proud of of how they all rallied around each other. But it doesn't surprise me. And mm -hmm. and uh, again, that for these kids to be able to shine, um, those that. Uh, kind of you know, took over and took the baton from those two. Uh, it does not surprise me to, that, that we were able to keep at a level of uh, competitiveness that we did. Yeah, I mean, for sure, all those points. And so when I was writing about you guys, I was doing my WCIC playoff preview, kind of any, any team had a chance to win at all. And when I was writing about your guys' path to hoisting the trophy, I kind of had a little aha epiphany like with a comparison with to you guys with an NBA team and that NBA team was the 2018 Celtics they had their two perennial stars I mean the smile on your face maybe you've heard this from someone else before so they had their two stars Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward go down with injuries in the playoffs and people rose the occasion Scary Terry was born Jason Tatum had his coming out party Jalen Brown became this two-way player and the quote that stuck with me that actually drew the parallel was when LeBron was always viewed as untouchable in the East and everyone knew that it was with the Raptors they had this team that was built for him every single year but they just couldn't get past that mental barrier of beating LeBron James and when they asked Jalen Brown about it he said you know what? I think we're just too young to give a damn <laughs> and I think that was the quote that perfectly exemplified your team now often it doesn't happen often but I think there are small times when not being there before actually helps you in the moment. I'm thinking about like the first semifinal, Doug McDaniel as a freshman on the biggest stage just comes out there, not known for his shooting, just drills two threes right off the bat, just an exuberance of confidence. What do you think about that comparison with those two teams? I mean, maybe obviously compa comparing a pro level team to high school team, obviously it's not perfect, but what do you think about how, and you obviously 
getting compared to Brad Stevens. You right, might yeah, take well, that in your I, own right. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, certainly not <laughs> on that level. Uh, so maybe that's what held us back a little bit. The, uh, <laughs> but our players, as far as you, you recognizing it, I think what uh, both, both both teams had is a, is a lot of players that had a lot of uh, pride mm-hmm. in what they did, uh, a lot of confidence that they can accomplish, and um, and in a proper amount of humility, too, to know that they got a lot of work ahead of them and, and they had to do it as a team. And so I think that that's, a, that's an apt description. Um, and, and unfortunately for both – is uh, no one was able to achieve uh, that ultimate goal, and and uh, one of the things I was really satisfied with our guys is they they didn't they didn't look for that um, kind of moral victory or the hey you know great job you you guys had battled through adversity they they still wanted to win and they still expected to win and and when we came up short a little bit in the uh, in the tournament um, you know there was that disappointment uh, and that, that fuels them for their future and, and all of them to to continue to kind of push and, and and fight for more as as we go into the next year and the next chapter yeah and so. Looking back at last year, um, I think there were two moments for me that kind of solidified you guys as we're still part of the six and we're still here. Um, the first moment obviously has to be at Bishop O'Connell. I don't. I'm blanking out on the number that you guys are down. I know you know the number. What what were you in the? It had to be in the mid twenties in the third quarter. I, it it was twenty. We were down twenty two with uh, four minutes left to go in the third quarter, and uh, I took the five starters out. And it was really interesting, uh, or the five the guys that were out there, and I and I took them out, and they all thought I was like out of punishment, and I was mm-hmm. like, no, they just need to clear their heads. Um, you know, it was their first first. Um, First game after Anthony went down, so there was a, the guys were definitely deflated, and they hadn't had the uh, had the experience of stepping up into the new roles. Like everyone had to move up a little bit, right? And so uh, when we were down uh, with that with that amount, I kind of took him and said, "Hey guys, clear your head." I put him back in a minute uh, minute later, and we switched to a one two two zone, which we had worked on the day before for ten minutes because I said we may have to do this mm-hmm. um, just to just to kind of stem the tide a little bit, especially we're going to have a shorter rotation. And and I was really proud. We we outscored them thirty one to six the rest of the way. I pulled out a gutty victory at their place, and and again it showed I think everyone. Uh, that these guys were fighters, uh, that they weren't going to give up, and uh, I remember, I remember uh, Xavier Joyner coming down, hitting a three to cut the lead for to like from 19 to 16 at one point, and and the six man was behind us as they always are over at uh, over at O'Connell, and that great rivalry that we have with them, a, a wonderful friendly rivalry between the two schools, and and uh, I heard the six man go nuts behind us, and I was like, man, I'll tell you what, we're down 16, and it felt like the momentum was swinging our mm-hmm. way, and and it, you could just see the our guys kind of like say we can do this. And, and uh, so we were able to come back and, and win an, uh, really a, uh, an unbelievable game for us. Uh, but it also, I think, jump-started uh, their belief in themselves. Uh, and they had to believe in themselves when they were down. They, they, they never gave up. So uh, I was really proud of, of, of how they responded to that moment in, in a, on a big stage like that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously there's a bunch of other moments I could go with this. I mean, obviously Trevor Keels' game-winning shot at St. John's, just gutting out that win, another comeback win over O'Connell at home. But the moment I was thinking back over the past – 12 months that really stuck out to me is the game against Montverde at DeMatha. Um, the biggest stage someone can grow up, you growing up in this area, that's, I mean, you can't ask for anything more. Saturday night at DeMatha against Montverde, probably the biggest power, prep powerhouse in the entire country. And that's the biggest stage that any of your players had been on to this day. I mean, Bender is, Bender Arena, the Final Four is the pinnacle of our little area, but it doesn't get much bigger than Montverde at DeMatha on a Saturday night. Gym was packed and they just, Doug had his coming out party. I mean, everyone was, I, I'll never forget that performance. And JoJo Freeman lighting it up, absolutely yeah. unconscious. And everyone kind of just kind of did their part. And you guys ended up losing that game. But you hung around with one of the best, in my opinion, one of the two best teams in the country 
and fought probably to an they were probably bigger than you probably I wouldn't, I'm not going to say more talented but according to the paper oh they were but you guys I'm like a slight your guys but you guys just despite all the odds continued to fight and fight and fight and scrap and you looked up and it was a five point game towards the end of the fourth quarter what was your message then before the game and throughout that look you can play with anyone in the country because if you can do it against them, you can play with anyone. Yeah, I think going into it, they were excited to get a chance to, to play against the – and always our non-conference schedule. We play anybody in, anytime, anywhere, uh, and the kids thrive on it, and they, they love that opportunity. So the night before, I was uh, was uh, scouting Mount Vernon. I'm watching them uh, play against the number four team in the country, and, and they beat them by 30, and they could, you know, they were full-court pressing. They couldn't get the ball across half court. And I'm thinking, man, how, how I haven't had to worry about someone pressing us for since I thought back all the way back to 2004 when I was at Roosevelt. That's how long it was that I had to ever worry about our guards because we've always had so many great guards and uh, people that usually don't try to press us. And uh, so anyway, I'm watching this and I'm like, man, I'm going to have a freshman and sophomore out there having to handle the ball and our two primary ball handlers are, are now gone. Um, what are we going to do and how are we going to respond to it? And, 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 and to our guys' credit, again, they, they came out and ready to fight. And uh, Josiah Freeman is a as a as a, a big time player, third year varsity player, stepped and rose up to the occasion, shot six for nine from three that that day. We were up thirty to twenty at halftime. We uh, we didn't have enough uh, in the tank to be able to hold them off in the in the second half, and uh, the guys were disappointed and, and they were prideful of what they were able to you know be in the fight. But uh, what I was really proud uh, proud of that that weekend is that uh, going to the next day. Uh, we played Nicolay from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, we beat a team that was again ranked in the top ten in the country, and and we beat them uh, on that Sunday. So we the, the the ability to bounce back the next day after a disappointment like that, and the disappointment from the first two weeks as far as losing your two um, your, your two leaders uh, is something that we remember uh, as a, as a program of how proudful we are of of being able to establish the next day that uh, we're still here and we're not going anywhere. And and uh, so to uh, two wonderful teams that we got a chance to play. But iron sharpens iron. That's what mm-hmm. the, kid, the kids want, and uh, they're capable. And, and I think they showed the world that, and they have a chip on their shoulder, and, and they still have the chip on their shoulder, all these guys uh, going into this year. Yeah, I mean, and so during this dead time, I've been watching a lot of high school film for the draft, and I wrote an article on Harlan Beverly. I'm, I'm, you know him. He played very, very well against Paul VI. So I've been watching a lot of Montverd film and can confirm they're a very tough opponent and make a lot of five-star players and nationally ranked teams look like they're JV teams. and. At- they, 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 no question, they do, and uh, of course, Coach Boyle is one of the best in the business, uh, and and they are an amazing team, and and we were, we were. Uh, it's always fun to compete against mm-hmm. those those types of players and those types of programs that do it the right way, and have players that uh, that are disciplined and play extremely hard, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think again, it benefits us for our conference play, and uh, I think it helped us a lot uh, next last year as far as uh, establishing who we want to be and and building that confidence of we can play with anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we tried kind of covered everything in this circus of a a year that you were faced with last year. But approaching this year, definitely a lot more roster stability. Jeremy Roach comes back. Your point guard comes back. But also this thing that I mentioned with the 2018 Celtics is they kind of figured it out without those other two guys for the time being. Obviously, that wasn't sustainable. But when they were coming, when those two guys came back, there were visible growing pains. What are you doing every day to kind of make sure that Jeremy, Ann is off in college, but when Roach comes back, him and Doug, I've been saying this for a while, Jeremy Roach is going to be the happiest dude in the country. He's going to get to play off or play off or on with Doug McDaniel, one of the smartest players in the entire country, one of the best passes I've ever seen at the high school level, and he's going to do his thing just fine. But to the people that are wondering what you're telling those two, especially because they're going to be in the backcourt together, 
kind of every day, whether it's in practice or workouts, kind of how are you making that transition as smooth as possible for those two? Nah, it's, it's kind of seamless. I mean, these guys all understand the value of uh, – uh, playing with the ball in their hands, without the ball in their hands, they understand that they have to, to be able to do that in order to be successful in this in this day and age. We always kind of laugh at the the term "positionless NBA." We've been doing that for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. We'll have three point guards on the floor together. You know, we'll have multiple wings together. We'll have, I mean, we we'll we'll do all sorts of different things. We got to throw Trevor Keels and, and Willie Page into that conversation of too, course, as yeah. ball handlers and playmakers. And uh, the expectation is to be a basketball player. And uh, sometimes you'll have the ball in your hands, sometimes you won't. Uh, but no, we're not worried about that transition at all. Uh, we also certainly don't certainly don't don't uh, worry about um, them being uncomfortable with it because they all have high basketball IQs and and uh, can play together. And I think that's it's, it's going to be a uh, a huge versatility situation for us, an advantage uh, for us to be able to have uh, multiple playmakers like that. Um, and they all can play uh, with the ball in their hands. They they can uh, pass. Uh, they they can score it. Um, so they can handle it. It just it it, it gives us a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. So we look at it from that standpoint. I mean, I, there there'll be no conflict or no issues with with any of them. And Jeremy's too too good of a, a player um, from a standpoint of understanding the, what, what what play to make and and uh, how to fit himself in. And the other players will welcome him back with open arms. And uh, we don't envision any issues, any continuity issues, any any type of. Uh, um, uh, problems. In fact, we see it as a as a huge bonus that all these guys get a chance to work together and and be on the same team and and again get reloaded to have a, a deep bench to be able to play as fast as we want to. Yeah. Um. And obviously, I was making that continuing that reference. I wasn't implying that you're going to have a 2019 Celtic season. As I think I haven't. I can't confirm anything, but I think Jeremy Roach is much less of a distraction off the court than Kyrie Irving. I think it's safe to put that out there. One thing, one thing I would say about all our kids is off the court, they they bond, they 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 take care of each other, um, they care about each other. They uh, uh, they are a truly. Uh, there's a brotherhood that we have that is it, that those bonds are, are deep, and they like to see each other all be successful and all understand that uh, everyone rises together and. Um, that is that's that's a staple of, of who we are and, and all those kids buy into the high character kids and so we're, yeah we're excited about uh, uh, we're, and, and, and and with that too like you know you have those the difficulties with injuries and maybe you don't have as much depth depth this group we're gonna have a lot of depth and, and I think the kids are excited for that yeah and so um, I haven't seen your completed schedule but I've seen kind of bits and pieces from Twitter you're confirmed for the cancer research classic and who Paul is there a game on top of those two big events? And I know I'm kind of looking ahead to you and you don't like to look ahead, but is there a game either between those two events or even in the conference? Is there one game that you're just pegged on the counter? Like, I can't wait to play those guys. You know, you know me better than this. I'm not going to give you an answer on that. Come on now. Um, no, I, I love to put together a non-conference schedule that challenges our guys and gives us the opportunity. Like you mentioned, too, the, the, the tournaments or the showcase events that we're in. Uh, we're also going out to Bass Pro Tournament Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be here in the Nike Hoops Fest again here locally uh, for, for two games there. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different uh, events that we're excited about. And, and the conference is the best in the country. So uh, every single night, that's a grind. And uh, so, no, we're, we're we're as excited. We're, we're excited for our, for our first game, and we're focused on that. And then as soon as that game gets over, we'll move on to the next. And, and, I, and I had a feeling I was going to get an answer yeah, nice like try, that. Nice try. <laughs> yeah, nice try. <laughs> and so I was trolling on Twitter today, and I'm scrolling through, and I see a tweet from USA Basketball that you're going to be participating in a coach's clinic. I don't think it's a coincidence you're running up-tempo drills. I think as I've watched PVI and anyone that's watched PVI, I think that's pretty fitting that you're – doing that as your expertise but tell me a little about that I tried to find as much information as I could 
came up a little short and I figured why not ask you about it today? Yeah, no, we're excited to do that. It's, it's what's also uh, fun for me. Um, I'm always happy to share um, with kind of some of the things that we do to be successful. And there's so many different ways to be successful in, in, in this game. And uh, so we're fortunate to, um, to be able to do this this weekend um, and, and participate and, and kind of share, share what we do. And, and, and what's also really exciting for me is uh, I'll be able to use my own players as demonstrators <laughs> and, and give them that opportunity to be out there. And so uh, we're looking forward to it. It's, it's, uh, we're, I think uh, Saturday afternoon for me, 3.30, but it's all weekend. Uh, Livermore High School, uh, uh, it's a coaching clinic, USA Academy. It's, we're excited that we were um, invited to participate, and, uh, and the kids are excited to, to be able to be the demonstrators, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, make, we'll look like we know what we're doing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So with the players this year, and this is the last thing I have for you before we wrap it up. So with the players, I'm kind of going to go to the, all the WCAC schools I go to. I'm going to try to do something called like the inside the WCAC and get all their players' perspectives on, obviously I want to be asking you this, but who tr- talks the most trash? Who's <laughs> Who do you not want to jump with? Who's the shiftiest ball handler? All this stuff. Just trying to get a gauge for how other players feel about each other because we see all these NBA surveys all the time. And I think that's really, really interesting how players view each other. So, well, I won't ask you the questions tailored for the players. I do have a couple coaching questions for you. Well, hold on. Let me just uh, interrupt you because I think that's a great thing for them to do because the kids know each other so well. well, And they know Mm -hmm. they've grown up in it it together. They know each other on a national level as well. So it's it's, it's a lot of fun to hear their feedback on because I always say, man, they're they're, they're the best at recognizing what what players need to work on and what players can do, their strengths, their weaknesses. Sometimes uh, players don't recognize their own. And and I always kind of stress to our guys, look in the mirror and be as good at evaluating what you do as you are at being able to point out uh, the uh, the good and the bad out of any player that you play against. So I think it's great that you're doing that. It's a lot of fun because one of the things people don't understand is that the DMV, especially the WCAC in our league, it's, it is a fraternity, and we all do support each other. Yes, we like to beat each other, and we, we want to compete against each other, but all these kids really do support each other. We love to see these kids go on to the next level and be successful, and we're very prideful when we play on the national stage and we're able to play in a non-conference and see our teams do well as well as the kids move on, on to uh, all the different college levels. So so that's a lot of fun. I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and I think they will have a lot of fun with it too, and yeah. obviously that's the main goal. So my first question for you is where is the toughest place to play in the Ooh. WCAC? Oh, there's a lot of tough places. I'll tell you one place that uh, that that as in uh, in the 13 years that I've been around, McNamara is a really tough place to play. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I they, like that, that answer. The fans and the atmosphere, it's fantastic. And uh, I think, man, you got to bring it when you go to McNamara. So uh, that yeah. that that you answer might actually go for this next question. So we always, you always say, there's no easy games in the WCAC, not one. And whether you you're going on the road to Riken or you're at home against the Matha, you got to bring it every single night. What's the one game that you always you're like, man? I like coaches always see this like, man. I can, I can tell my guys are going to be lax days goal and they're going to bring it. We got what's that one game that always is you got to just grind it out. Well, I won't comment on that too much because you know, you're kind of talking about more of a trap game uh, okay. type thing, trap type atmosphere. And there's a lot of them to where kids, you know, have to find a way every single day to kind of uh, get the kids to be amped up and play. And yeah. so again, I want to go back to that record that we have 51 and a five in the last three years. So our kids find a way every single game to, to find that uh, energy and that enthusiasm. So uh, you know, they're, they're, what I think what I would say and, and, and take away a specific team or a specific location, I think it might be uh, when you play three games in four days, or it might Fair. be yep. a, a Tuesday 
Wednesday night game uh, on the road, uh, that's always difficult, um, you know, because Fridays, obviously, they're, they're going to have a little more energy. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the things that you kind of pay attention to. In the rhythm of a season, there are certain times, certain weeks that you're like, okay, uh, we've had a couple of major games. Let's, uh, let's make sure that uh, this next game we have the right energy. So final question for your coach inside the WCAC coaches edition. Um, I said this off there while we were adjusting, but I'm expecting if I asked you this question five times, I would get no comment, probably four or maybe even five times. So I won't take it personal, but if you lose in the conference, and it's not often, you mentioned it, 51-5, and five, if you lose to a coach in the conference, who is the most likely to let you hear about it the next day? Oh, man, I'll tell you what, that's uh, we have – all the coaches get along and respect each other so well. I think we really enjoy uh, competing against each other, but yeah, you definitely don't, you don't, we don't have that. You yeah. know? No, no, we don't, we don't have that. We don't really talk about it in, in those terms at all. Um, we, I think we enjoy competing against each other so much, but there's so much respect um, with all the coaches that's, that uh, I'm not so sure you're hearing from anyone because we also know it's always coming back around. That is you know? true. And, that is true. And, and so, no, no, there's, there's, there's nothing along those lines uh, that, uh, that I could see that happen. And uh, I think we, we enjoy being together. We, we know that there's only 11 of us uh, in the country that know what we go through. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think people would be surprised. There's much more support uh, yeah. of each other. Um, you know, when you see someone have a great game and uh, pull it out, maybe even against you. Like I remember uh, my very first year, um, we lost uh, my very first game at, at PVI. We lost at McNamara on a 60 foot, 60 footer. Oh uh, and I called Marty after the game, Marty Keith and I was the head coach there and, and I had so much respect for him. And I told him, I said, man, he, he picked up and I said, he goes, what's up, Glenn? I'm like, man, I just want to let you know that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a heck of a game and, and, uh, and congratulations. I said, but this is, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be really excited to be part of this league. And I think there's more of that camaraderie, yeah. uh, if anything else, uh, a celebration of, of those types of games. And, and when you get a chance to compete or, or you see two teams have a great game and maybe you go scout them or you or you get a chance to read about it and you you, you you reach out to your your colleagues and say hey congratulations on that and well i can't speak for the listeners but for me personally that anecdote between you and mcnamara coach is much more valuable than a name who trash talks so yeah. thank you for that thank you for giving insight into what again the goal of this one of the goals obviously get you on talk about paul the six but again just express how unique of a program this is and in express how unique of a league the WCAC is and I think you did a great job of that again thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to catching the guys in the open gym all right I appreciate you being here and supporting what the, our league is all about and what high school basketball is all about and you've done a fantastic job of covering our sport and I appreciate that and I hope all the listeners uh, appreciate all the time and effort that you put into doing that all right thank you guys for tuning in catch I'll catch you on the next Jake in the Paint podcast <laughs>